Part I sung when they say la 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 la. That mouth sounds like somebody that's happy. You all happy today? Can we do that together? La 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 la. Man, y'all sound so happy. 
Welcome to Lake Haven Church. want to let you know you can connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 352-441-3016. Give our awesome guests a hand. We do have some guests. I've met some this morning, yes. And because you are our guests here at Lake Haven Church, we want to give you a free mug. You can pick up this free mug from the information booth on your way out. Do not forget to take, uh, open the cap here and take out the contents that's on the inside. Some valuable information on the inside. We want to connect with you and you want you to connect with us. All right, and these are free mugs and they're great mugs. You can text the word guest to that same number, 352-441-3016. And those awesome people that are watching online, you're about to get blessed out of your socks if you have your socks on. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you can text the word online to the number that's on your screen also. And everybody else can pull out their cell phones and text the word connect. And those that are here that are not in that text and stuff, you can fill out one of those connection cards from the chair back in front of you and place it in one of those boxes on the way out. Can we do it one more time? Let's do it together. Ah, Y'all sound so good. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Sun 
up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we thank you that you have given us everything for life and godliness. Lord, we thank you that all we have to do is lay hold, lay hold of what you have already provided for us, that we just have to take the step to get up and walk out of that grave. Lord, because you already paid the price. You already paid the price for it. You paid the price for us, Lord. And we just thank you for who you are. We thank you in this place, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love for us, Jesus. We just thank you, Jesus. See me. 
you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so great, Jesus. You're so great, Jesus. Oh, all the earth will shout your praise today. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, 
come on my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song You got a lion inside of those slums Get up and praise the Lord Praise the Lord Praise the Lord Oh my soul, oh my soul
folks praising the Lord in English. I hear folks praising the Lord in tongues. From the inside of us, as Stacy was saying, it, it the very air that we breathe, he's given it to us to sing back praises to him. We're not limited in our praise. We're not limited in our thanksgiving. We're not limited in our worship. It's already on the inside of us. All we have to do is choose to let go what's already been given. We let go a hallelujah. We release a praise. We release a thanksgiving. We say thank you, Father. We love you, Father, with the breath that you've given us to give thanks. That's what we do. We return back to you a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Yes, you are, Father. Thank you for receiving our praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Norm. Hallelujah. when we're praying and we're singing that song where it says hallelujah um, a while back we Linda and I we did a, a, a group with some people we went over the words of God the names of God and in the Hebrew that is actually when it goes hallelujah and there, there's supposed to be a hyphen there and actually that J is a Y in the Hebrew and it, what it does it says the Yah is basically a, a breakdown of God's personal name his personal name so when I'm saying hallelujah it's blessed be my father or blessed be Yah so whenever every time I, I get in the worship and I say that I think it my focus automatically doesn't go to an end of a song or just blessing my focus automatically goes to him and his personal name get that guys he's a father to us also but he has also given you his personal name not just the attributes of his name that we talk about but his personal name and again while we're there I, I was there with that's what caused me to do this is I'm sitting here probably all the women in here is this but I'm sitting over there with Linda and I'm just I smell this fragrance and I didn't smell it again went over there you know before this so I would start smelling it again he goes Norman there were fragrances of your praise and that's not me that's all of us so as we're praising him and worshiping him our fragrance of praise to him that aroma and he goes oh, that is so wonderful for me it's not that he needs it he doesn't need that but to see his his family his kids his sons and daughters honoring him it pleases him it does and i just wanted to share that with you praise the lord that's awesome Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can we say that together? Hallelujah. hallelujah. And now focus on the Father and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Janine, thank you, Father. Glory to God. We listen to these prophecies, these words of exaltation and comfort with our hearts. Amen. Isaiah 53 verse 4 Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows 
Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare this, his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people he was stricken and God just says this morning there is nothing you could have done that he has not already paid the price for there is no illness there is no sickness there is no pain that he hasn't already paid the price for so come lay down your troubles and your pains at his feet and take the life he has paid the price for for you Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Isaiah was prophesying when he said that, and I love the way it starts out in verse number four. It doesn't say maybe, not, not going to be, but it says, surely, surely, it's done, surely. And you can add a hallelujah to that, surely. Surely, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Not maybe, but surely. He has, not will be, he has done it. And it not, it's not limited to healing, y'all. It's, it's not limited to, to finances. It's wholeness. It's completeness in him. Everything that's contradict the word of God, surely he spoiled it. Surely it's a done deal. Surely your elder brother is at the right hand of the father making intercession for you right now it's right now hallelujah thank you jesus so before those are still standing hallelujah amen we have a come on come on up amen thank you jesus hello hello hi everyone um the lord has forced me to say this he is crying out to each one of you you are each his children He's crying out, open your ears to hear him. The time is now. We must walk. He, we must walk his path and get his directions as to what we are to do and where we have to go. Thank you. Hallelujah. Just, just don't hesitate on that. It's right now. Everything concerning the Father, concerning the finished work is right now. And we don't base that on circumstances or situations. Amen. So before those that are still standing and you are the seated, can we just say a hallelujah to the loving Heavenly Father one more time? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are blessed, highly favored, and loved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so good, glad to see this young man and young lady back. <laughs> as, as I told him when I picked him up from the airport, I was glad to see y'all go and get some rest, but I'm glad to see you back. <laughs> It's always good to be home. Well, well, I found out. Um, 
It is always good to be here. Corin and I had a really, really good time away, so thank you for giving us that, um, that liberty to, uh, to have a break, um, but we are so grateful for each one of you. Thank you for, we thank you, God, for our awesome team, and, and um, I know I've just been hearing awesome reports of how um, it's gone for the last couple of weeks, and we just thank God that, that uh, He's doing a work among us and through us, right? And so... Um, any case, uh, I want to welcome you here again I'm, um, this morning. We have got a very, very different service for you this morning. So um, relax and enjoy this because this service is, de- is dedicated to giving thanks to our Heavenly Father. Amen. This one is so, this, we've, I've titled this message, Gratitude. And um, so we're, I say message, but I really, today is not going to be as much of a message as it's going to be testimonies, people's stories that you're going to see um, of them giving glory to God of what God has, has actually done in their life. You know, Thanksgiving is, a, is an art, I should say an art, it's a skill that people are getting further and further away from, and that was actually prophesied in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says that in the end days that people will become ungrateful. They will become ungrateful. They also say other things that we'll get into sometime, um, but those are very interesting signposts along the way to the end times. And, and, um, but in, in gratitude, and G- Jesus actually um, puts a bunch of them together, and, and, and he talks about in the end times, he, he also says that God, well, Jesus said this in, in the book of Luke, he said that, that he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. I just always thought that it was interesting that he tied the evil and the ungrateful. I'm going to be kind to the evil person and even the ungrateful people. Isn't it amazing? You know, gratitude, as we see, is a huge part of living a, of living a life in, 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 in great um, abundance and happiness. In fact, Jimmy, uh, uh, Billy Graham said this. He said, nothing turns us into, into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. I'm going to say it again. Nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. Nothing we do more, and and sorry, and nothing we do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. Thankfulness and developing a heart of gratitude is a huge part of, of, of growing in God. In fact, in the book of Colossians over here, I'll read this to you. Remember, we've been speak, when I was speaking before I went away, it was, I finished off a service and I was talking about how we we're encouraged. There's only one way to transformation. It's putting off the old man, renewing your mind, and putting on the new man. And in case you're worried about the money, don't worry about the money. I'm just going into my message right now. I'll just talk. I know some of you were desperately wanting to give some money. So it's like, okay, don't worry. There'll be a chance later to give some money. So no, um, but, but in, you know, there is only one way to transformation, scriptural transformation. There's only one way is, and, and in context with that last series I gave, is we, we have to put off the old man. Because And I spoke about our union in Christ and all of that. And we said we renew our mind to the truth of what is in Jesus, who we are in Christ. And we put on the new man. But, but listen to this. Um, it says this in Colossians 3. Um, and above all these things, uh, verse 14, above all these things, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and 
be thankful. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Isn't that good? Watch what we've been doing, singing psalms, uh, hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Um, And then he says in verse 17, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that's a part of it. There, there's a number of scriptures in Colossians because he says in 4 verse 2, chapter 4 verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And earlier around in, verse, uh, in, in chapter 2 verse 6, he says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Praise God. So, you know, it, we see this, in, this was a habit of Paul's, and if you study Thanksgiving through the Scripture, it's very interesting. He, you know, the, the Corinthian church was well known um, to many of us who have studied the book, uh, you, that was well known to be a very worldly church. They were very rich in the gifts, funny enough, but they were a very worldly, fleshly church. And yet in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, he says, I give thanks to my God always for you. Because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. So Paul starts out his letter to this fleshly church that he got to correct and to teach and to guide and to lead. And in the next two books that he wrote to them, I just we call them books, but they were letters basically to the, the church in Corinth. And he is giving thanks. He says, man, I give thanks for you in prayer. And so often we see that in, to the Philippians and for the Ephesians, you see him just giving thanks to them. Uh, in hard times, I mean, you know the story of the Philippian jailer, right? Paul and Silas go down to, to the city of Philippi, which is very interesting. They get, they, they're actually supernaturally called over to Macedonia, and Philipp, Philippi is sort of the capital. It's one of the major cities in Macedonia. So God calls them over, and he, they see a dream saying, listen, don't go that way. I want I come over to coming to Macedonia. Come, and, come and, and preach. Come and teach us. Come and help us. And so he goes into Macedonia, and they get to a couple cities down the road. They go into Philippi. They minister the gospel. They cast out demons and things, and as soon, soon as they're dragged in front of the courts, they are beaten by the people. They are beaten by people. They're bloodied and bruised. They're thrown in jail, and of course, you know the story. At midnight, they're worshiping God, praising God. You know, we have this idea that thankfulness is like, I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to wait until God does something really special, like maybe he causes me to win the lottery or something, and then I will give thanks. We have so many things to be grateful for, so many things. So, so it's great, it's great to, to, uh, to, to give thanks God, to give God thanks, I should say, for so many things that we've been given. Um, you know, we, the, I won't even start to list them all, but, but I mean, what a greater salvation we have. But you know that you're that problem boss of yours, you should thank God that you've got a boss. A lot of people don't have a boss. What about giving thanks for him? Say, Father, thank you for that boss. I kind of have a problem with him and I need to work through things and help me give me wisdom. But be grateful. Develop an attitude of thankfulness and thanksgiving. Because like Billy, Billy Graham, like I quoted, there is nothing that can bring your heart into happiness like thanksgiving and true gratitude. True gratitude is not something you just say, it's something you experience in your heart. 
And so to develop a heart of thanksgiving, like we always say here, is going to take intention. There is an intentionality about choosing to what you are looking at, choosing to see the unseen, choosing to say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for so great a salvation. Thank you that my debt is paid. Goodness gracious. Can you imagine just to realize the truth? My debt is paid. I don't owe God a penny. Not a single penny. Because he has paid my debt for me. He has given me righteousness. Man, what an exciting time that we're living in. And, and um, uh, yeah, any case, but, but we're, as, I, I just was throwing some notes together because in this, I already mentioned this, that, that the, the word of God tells us in this time that, that in the end times there, there is going to be an ungratefulness. And I, I want to touch on that in, in, in some things that I'm building up towards in, in a couple of weeks' time here. But I, I tell you, to develop a heart of thanksgiving is essential. It's not just, you know, you think that your gratitude is only for something. I'm going to bless somebody with my gratitude. No, your gratitude is going to change you. It's going to change you. If you want to live in, a, in satisfaction, in wholeness, if you want to live in a place... Just, be, just help, just allow your heart to develop a sense of gratitude. So um, we're, going to, we're going to be talking about gratitude and thankfulness throughout the service, and we've got a number of elements that we're going to switch between. So uh, we're going to start off. We have a team that just came back from uh, Costa Rica recently. Uh, <laughs> and so let's roll that, that first video, if you will. Well, I was fortunate enough to go on my first mission trip to Costa Rica, and I went with Diane and Giselle, and uh, Dave led, led the group. Uh, we were going to a church to minister to women that night, and we went and we uh, prepared bags for uh, the women for a present, and in it was a facial uh, that we would do, facials on them and um, cream, to uh, massage your hands. And we prayed, of course, before we left, and we went through the city to the church. So um, they had the people ready for us to go minister to. One of the things that I did, and it's Spanish, most of them spoke Spanish. Uh, so we did have a little bit of a problem there communicating. However, we did have interpreters. So we, uh, I would go and we had hand lotion to hand out to them. So as we were putting the lotion on their hands, if they spoke English, then I could, you know, proclaim to them how God feels about them. You know, he knows the number of hairs on their head. And if they didn't, I just would pray in the spirit, uh, kind of in song. And my job was to get behind them. And as they were facing the mirror, uh, I would be behind them, and after they looked in the mirror of the beauty that God's made from the, by them, or from them, um, I would uh, put my hands on their um, shoulders and pray for them. And the power of God would just move every time. It was so amazing. Um, a lot of uh, what I've seen, even in the first day, how God was using me, of things that he had already deposited in me. 
Just to know that, you know, I had a ministry that I could do other than what we do here in Eustis. Um, I, I do a lot around the church, but I didn't have an outreach to go to. And now I have women to pray for. I have other ministries that I can support. And it was just a blessing all the way around. Uh, the week went really fast. Uh, I don't think I'd go back in the rain season again <laughs> because it rained a lot. But, uh, you know, it didn't matter. We ministered just the same, rain or shine. Uh, we also were able to hand food out to a group that had lost everything in earthquakes. And those people, and of course we asked them, what can we pray for? And most of them, it was all about their families. You know, they just have a heart for the family. And uh, it was just, a, it's a wonderful experience. I want to go on another mission trip. Uh, it, I, I, I would hope that everybody could go on a mission trip because it, it blesses you so much. And we really, until we get to heaven, won't know exactly how much we've blessed them. I knew that I had some stuff that God had placed in me. I've been born again since I'm 15, 16. And uh, I, I longed to walk in what I saw other people walking in that, uh, that I look up to very much so. And God revealed that to me when I began to pray for the women. A strong prayer came out of me. Boldness came out of me. Uh, the weeping of the women as I wept over them, the compassion of God touched me greatly. Um, I, was, I, I know I blessed a lot of women, but for this trip, Giselle got changed. God touched me in a very, very powerful way. And I'll never be the same. So, um, mission trips, you, we've often spoken about mission trips, and, and uh, Karen and I, of course, came here almost in January. It'll be 20 years ago, and, and one of my roles uh, was the missions pastor of Family Bible Church at the time, as it was called right here. Some of you remember those days. Um, some of you remember that, that first mission trip that we went to Saltillo, Mexico. Remember, uh, how many of you here were even remember being in the mud of Saltillo? There you go. I've got a couple of hands of the, the, the mud. We took them. We're, um, we went to Saltillo. Actually, we went up the, mount, up the mountain into the Sierra Madre Mountains, and we visited a couple of villages. You see, Corin and I had done missions in Africa, as many of you know, and we had done crusades, and we wanted to get out of the beaten track and go into some of the unbeaten tracks. So we, when you're up in the villages, there's no hotel in the villages. You're literally in the mountains. Um, and so we were like, well, that's going to be fun. And I, we were, but you know, we had a problem and Mary alluded to it. How are we going to speak Spanish? Because Corin can speak a bit of Zulu. I can speak a bit of Sutu and touches on other few languages and that we from Africa, but we had no way to, to, um, to communicate. Like we, we this was going to be a problem. The, the ministry host could speak Spanish, but we were going to take a team and we wanted to get hands on with a team, which we love to do. Um, and so at the time, Manny and Wilma were at, fam were at Family Bible Church, Manny and Wilma Costa, but they, and they are, um, in fact, Manny and Wilma are here today. Manny and Wilma, won't you come up, please, and come, give them a warm welcome, won't you? Um, 
Uh, I, I should have had you sit closer to the front. Yeah, they are. So, so. I got to grab the mic first. Come, come on up. Come on up, guys. So, oh, aren't they a beautiful couple? They're so, man, they are so awesome. And then Manny and... <laughs> so, so, Manny and Wilma had just had their first... No, no, it wasn't your first born, but I mean, Giovanni... Giovanni was eight months old. Eight, he was, was he eight at the time? Or was he, eight months old. Eight months old. So, we asked them to leave their eight-month-old baby at home if they would consider being our interpreters. Manny was born in Cuba, yes. and Wilma was... You were born in Puerto Rico, right? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Okay. And so, as you know, they were awesome. So, they ch Wilma taught us Spanish, yes. and they decided they left their little baby in somebody's care, and they came with us yes. on a mission trip to, to the mud of Saltillo. What was amazing was not even our, our family. We didn't have family that would take care of our child. So, we left them with a family that we just met, like we, a church member that we, we've known maybe a year. <laughs> But praise God, and I love the theme that we're talking about here is gratitude. Mm. And I was just sitting back there remembering, and this is about 20 years ago, right? Yeah, I think close to. Yeah. 2004, and our first mission yeah. trip. And I was just thinking about the lady who just spoke, and she said her first mission trip. Well, I love first mission trips. It puts such a fire for God and for people. When we just step out of that boat and we just start deciding, you know what, God has called me for a reason. And I'm walking out in what God has placed in my heart. So for us, it became, that began in 2004, and today is, what, 2023, and exactly where we started Saltillo, Mexico, in, a, in the Sierra Madres Mountains, God took us back many times after that. And we have um, planted churches there in La Sierra Madre Mountains because of your pastor's hearts for missions. Please understand, church, missions yes we have missions here but let me tell you there's nothing like going out someplace else and touching people with the good news of jesus christ guys they don't know that news they don't know the message that you have here today we're so blessed to come here and we gratify god and we just bless him but let me tell you other people out there have not heard the message that you receive every single Sunday here at this church, Lake Haven. Praise God. Amen. Praise God for the good news of Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's a preacher, as you can tell. That's okay. Wilma can preach. That's awesome. I'll control the mic. No, 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 no. That's okay. Go for it. Go for it. Thank you, It changed our life. It has changed our life. We were pastoring here, and uh, God just kept on talking to me and saying, you got to go, go, uh, go to the nations, go to the nations. And I wanted, I'm like, I wanted everybody here, like, like I see it here, that's the way it was, and I want them to go to the nations. But nobody wanted to go. They all wanted to sit down and just listen to the message. <laughs> and finally, God said, you go. And I'm like, you got to be crazy. I'm not going. I'm pretty comfortable here. <laughs> If you get to hear Manny's story one day, I, I've spent a bit of time with Manny, so I know I've heard some of, he was a money-making machine, this man, so he, he, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it was, that's story. a different, that's, it's a long story, but yeah, that's, so we ended up going, and I don't know if you want me to continue. Yeah, tell, yeah, please carry on. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we ended up going, and what we do, what we're doing now, we travel to many countries, um, and we plant churches. 
wherever God sends us, that's where we go. Not where we choose, it's where God chooses. And it's very difficult sometimes because you think this is the place or you want to go to this place, but God wants to send you to this other place. And that place usually is going to fulfill your heart. It's going to be, there's going to be so much peace and joy in your heart that you don't even know what's going on. Right. So we're, right now we're working in, at this moment, we're working a couple places, but mainly in the reason we're doing a barbecue outside. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys saw the grill and the smoke coming out. Yeah. We're, doing a, we're doing a fundraiser. We came here. We're trying to raise funds for a mission station in Mexico. It's in the Sierra Madre Mountains, mm-hmm. south. It's way south from where we went before. It's about five hours from uh, uh, Mexico City, south of Mexico City. So we're doing this mission station. And, and I'll let my wife continue because she'll tell you. <laughs> tell her how do we end up doing this. Years ago, God placed on our hearts to go to um, the nations, as managers said. And we said, sure, God. It says in your word, right? Doesn't it say go? Go. That's it. Church, that's it says need. go. Go. So we went. And as we were there and God just started doing just amazing things, our first language is not Spanish. Um, so I thought it was kind of interesting that God would use us in that language. And so it's never impossible. I think that's the message that mm. we always think that we mm. can't do something. Well, God said it. And if mm. God said it, we just do it. Mm. So we went and we don't know what we're doing, right? Cuban, Puerto Rican, we're, we're yeah. in this, we're going. <laughs> and it was just amazing to see how God started opening the doors for us to be able to bring the message of the gospel, right? The good news. And as we're there in Mexico and we're training leaders and they're pastoring, Um, the church that we have planted there. Um, God also spoke specifically about touching the Muslim nations, um, going to um, nations that are close to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we thought we can't go to a lot of these nations, but we can train others to go. And praise God, now in December, we have two ladies from Mexico who are going to a close nation, to a Muslim nation, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Amen. Praise God. And I got so excited because I, I wanted to go, but I can't go, but they can go. Yeah. So sometimes we touch people, and that's why we have that mission station in Mexico. It's for that. It's to train them to go to places that maybe with our American passport we can't go, but others can, and they're willing. Um, so today, as you consider um, keeping us in prayer, Um, That is so necessary, but we just want to say we're so thankful and grateful for what God has done in our lives through your pastors. It all started here um, a few years ago, and we praise God that it's going to continue until he comes, right? Until he comes. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, um, outside, I was talking to Jimmy. Now, Jimmy went on a mission trip with you guys seven years ago, he told me, and that switched him on. So Jimmy is the guy that owns Holy Smokes Barbecue. He, after he went on this mission trip, he's like, I don't have much money. He says, but I want to support this. I can cook. And so he went and he bought that trailer and everything else, and he can, he can cook. I have it on good authority. Yes. He can cook. So that's how he supports Manny and Wilma. He, he, everything that he makes there, he puts into Mission of Hope. That's correct. So that's Jimmy. So, you, so, so this today, I mean, I don't know the menu. You guys are more familiar with it, but everybody can, can go and either donate or buy some food there. Please or, buy something. 
I, I don't care. Just go get something to eat. And it's good. We have pulled pork sandwiches. We have pulled pork with two sides. We have uh, uh, baby back ribs uh, with two sides. Uh, you're going to get a soda also or water, whichever you want. We have chicken. If for those that like, so quiet when I said chicken. <laughs> we have lots of chicken, guys, all right? So Smoke get a chicken. taste for chicken. Smoke chicken. Yeah, there you okay. go. And uh, that's our menu. I mean, it's, right. it's pretty much it. Yeah. Now, you guys have, I mean, I know that you talk about the mission station, but you have planted numerous churches in Mexico. And I know you did a bunch of work in Peru as well. That is and, correct. Yeah. That is yeah. correct. We planted. The teacher, I'm the teacher. <laughs> um, in Peru, we, we started Peru. there. Um, in Peru, um, years ago, God told us to sell everything, so we did. We sold all our belongings, and we left for, for Peru, and we, I homeschooled my Giovanni there. Um, so we did that, then we came back here. Um, we've been to Costa Rica, we've been to Nicaragua, um, La República Dominicana, we've been to Argentina. Um, I don't know wherever God, my heart was Italy actually. That was my heart. That's why he said that. My heart was Italy. It burned for Italy. And then he tells me, no, 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 we're going to a mountain. And I'm like, I'm from Puerto Rico. I wanted to see beach. I wanted to see something. But he was like, no, no, we're going to the mountains, to the dirt and, and staying in tents. Remember the tents? We stayed in, in the mud, mud yeah, and going to, it was like a, unreal, our first mission trip. So we ended up going. Actually, we're there also right now. So now it wasn't we're, only the first one. We're still in the mud. We're still in the mud. We're still rain. We're still there, right? And his, right grace. his grace. Oh, my yeah. goodness, right? Without his grace, where would we be? Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting where my heart was someplace else, but then he, he places us here in, in Latin mm. America, and praise God. Um, just it's just started flowing but what we're doing is training leaders training mm. we go we plant we train um with andrew womack's ministry mm -hmm. right we yeah. do all that pastor allen during mm -hmm. um, school mm -hmm. we do all that giving them that message and then they take it to other people and that is just spreading Amen. um because they're and just because you guys have been obedient to go and they're right and they're being obedient because yeah. they also don't believe in themselves they don't mm. believe that they could to do this, mm. right? Limited education. Yeah, because everybody resources. thinks you've got to have like special qualifications. How many qualifications did you guys have? Oh. None. <laughs> right? None. And but God, right? He taught us. Right? They, they taught us. Yeah. They taught us, and, and praise God. Amen. Thank you. Well, Thank guys, you we love you guys. Thank you very so, much. So, go ahead. Before I go, one, one, and I just got to say this because God showed me this the other day. Um, one, one question I always get from all these people and a lot of the, because a lot of the places are places nobody will go visit. And, uh, they asked me, it says, what I, you know, we can't believe that you come and visit us here. You're doing this for us. And actually the first time we go, it's for them. But the other times we go, it's not for them. It's for the people that live around them. Because we believe in our heart that if we disciple them and if we equip these people, they're going to do the same thing we did with their neighbors, with their family members. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way the gospel, the gospel, the gospel awesome. will multiply. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. They, so many. Thank you, my brother. That's okay.
So Manny and Wilma, obviously a phenomenal, a phenomenal people to support. And that's one thing that I've found is that we love to support people. Um, and, and sometimes ministry is just the word ministry. You can get sort of lost. But I love to, pe- to introduce you to people. And so Manny and Wilma, I want to encourage you, get in touch with them. Yes, support them financially if you can. Please do it. What's that? They've got a table at the back and feel free to go and check that out. But, but you know, connect with them. Maybe go on a trip with them. If, that's, if they, that connected with you or gelled with you, go on a trip with them. See, let God speak. I'll tell you what, when you go on a trip, something happens in your heart where you are out of your routine and you are a, put your place yourself, and it can be, it doesn't, it's not always mud, guys, just so that you know. <laughs> it's not always tense and mud. Sometimes maybe, but, but a lot of times, like when we go, when we do the one to the DR with Brian and Jen, there's going to be a hotel. Don't worry. We're going to make sure you guys, but there will be a phenomenal, we're going to do a crusade ministry, and, and I was talking to Brian about this this last week. They, they've got two towns in mind. They, they're narrowing down the thing, and so Brian and Jen Essary are going to be back with us and going to do some training, as, as you've heard. We'll tell you more about that in January. Anyhow. But connect today, Manny and Wilma, we love them. We believe in their ministry. They're doing a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal work. They take this gospel, this one, they take to the world. Amen. Amen. So hallelujah. Thank you, guys. I don't know what that is. It's mine. I can if I need to. Sure. Um, Yeah, why not? Let's just. Okay, I'll go handheld. That's good. So um, anyhow, we're going to do another, another video over here. Here we're going to do a section just of what God, how great, how God and has worked in people's lives. Listen to these stories. So I used to believe a lie. And it isn't a big lie. It's just a... My mom used to have blood clots. I think she still deals with it in her legs, blood clots in her legs. And because her doctor said it's hereditary, I'm gonna have it because she has it. And I'm her daughter, so it's like, okay, I'm gonna have it. And I believed that lie for so many years. And um, then God showed me through Proverbs that um, actually I don't have to believe it. Um, He says in Proverbs 24, verse 20 to 22, that I have to give attention to his word, to the words that he speaks, and I have to incline my ears to his sayings because they are life and they are health to my body. And if I give my attention to other people's words, even if they are fact, they don't lead to life. They don't lead to health. I have to believe His word, and that will lead to me being healthy and whole and alive. And uh, further on, it says that um, that I have to keep His word in front of my eyes in order for me to stay healthy, to stay in that wholeness that he has for me so that is why i'm grateful because man his word is life and it's health to my body and that's why i can walk in health and in life 
with wholeness because of his word that I choose to place in front of my eyes, to ignore what other people say and just focus on what he says. Jasper Colin Brewer Hernandez was born July 13th of 2019. Finding out that I was going to be a grandmother early was a little bit of a shock, but um, God is a good God and prepared me for it. When Jasper came into this world, he was perfection. Nothing wrong, wonderful bundle of eight pounds and I think seven or six ounces, but uh, he was just perfect, perfect little, not even a crier, just great. Brought him home, everything was wonderful. It was bliss, it was grandparents' bliss. Until the third day, July 16th, I started noticing as a mom, you notice a few things, you're like, eh, you know, he's not eating and mom's concerned about this. Like, yeah, I'm not concerned about that. I'm a little more concerned about these other things that were showing up and that third night came and I was like, all right, you know what? If he's not doing better tomorrow, we have to go to the doctor. Little Jasper had spiked 105.7 fever, started convulsing, and I am freaking out. It was the first time that my faith has ever been truly tested. I'm calling my spiritual mother. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. They're rushing him to the hospital. They're telling me to gather the family. I, okay, stop, we're not coming into agreement with any of that right now. We're coming against it in the name of Jesus. She got on the phone and had the entire East Coast praying for this little boy, who the doctors and nurses were telling me to gather our family. Little Jasper was placed in a medically induced coma Seeing that little thing with all those wires hooked up everywhere, machines everywhere. I'd never seen anything, anything like it. We didn't know how long he was going to be in there for or if he was even going to make it. His little brain had swollen. And um, hearing words about gathering your family is just, it's scary. It's very scary, but I knew to come against it. Said, I appreciate that you're a doctor. Lord knows, I know you have every degree in the world, but you don't know my God. You don't know my God. On the fifth day, I walked into that hospital. Little Jasper had all these tubes, but more importantly, he had a circle of nurses around his little cubicle holding hands and praying. And I knew right then, I said, you've got him. You've got him. Why am I sitting here concerned about funeral services or planning this? I should be planning a celebration for when he gets out. And sure enough, 28 days later, that little boy was released. But not before the doctors and nurses could say, 
you may have to watch out. He may be a little slow with developing. You know, he'll have this, he'll have that. No, he's not. No, he's not. I thank you for your expertise. But he's not. He's going to be fine. And praise God, July 13th of this year, little Jasper turned four years old. You know, in, in years prior, um, you know, I don't know, probably going back 10 years ago, I had started taking a, you know, a medication and, um, you know, I probably st stayed on it as probably the lowest dose. I probably didn't need it, you know, at the time. Um, you know, I had just gone through a rough, a rough time years ago and, and um, I, uh, I decided, you know, there was really no point in staying on it anymore that I would just get off of it. And uh, I think this is really important for people to hear because I, I know other people probably go through this. Um, I was not prepared at all for uh, the fallout of coming off of that me medication. We both just weren't prepared for kind of the emotional repercussions that he would go through as his body was adjusting to not relying on that medication to regulate some things. So. It was you know, really painful for him, it was painful for us, just kind of uncontrollable emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of, um, I think, thoughts even that just weren't his normal. It, he wasn't seeing things quite the same way and didn't have the same perspective. And it was you know, challenging for us to, you know, be, you know, we gave him space. It was challenging to be around um, him at times, at the same time wanting to support him, but it was just really difficult. And it was just one of those things that can take weeks to, get through sometimes months so it was kind of at a boiling point it was uh, <laughs> a living hell to be honest i mean to try to come off of that um i know i i tried to express some of it to some friends and they laughed and compared it to a roid rage or something i was so angry um i was upset uh i was extremely difficult to live with you know, his emotions were out of whack, like random times, things would escalate, things weren't normal, like he wasn't reacting normal. So like things that are normally no problem, it's like, whoa, like what's going on? This isn't normal. And it was just kind of like, just trying to like, obviously like we knew like that's going on. So like this isn't like actually what dad's feeling like. It's just like, this is how this is making him feel. And for my siblings and I, it was kind of just like, you know, give dad space, try to just like, you know, stay clean, clean your stuff up, you know, tiptoe around and just try to like make everything easier because he doesn't feel himself right now. The day that Brian Essery came to church, I don't think Ryan necessarily even wanted, you know, he was just in a sour state, you know, didn't even necessarily want to be there, but we all went as a family and um, at the end he was praying for just general like wholeness. You know, I came up and I did get prayer and um, you know, I mean, I. I would say, yes, I did, you know, feel the presence of God, um, you know, but even if I didn't, you know, the, the prayer of faith, you know, heals the sick, right? So, um, you know, this is something that, you know, you can't check and see if it still hurts or, um, you know, you can't really test it out. You can't do what you couldn't do before. Ryan went forward to receive prayer for wholeness and they prayed for him. And you know, we went home, and I can't say 
it was a difficult day still, but within 24 hours the next day, it was just like the weight had been lifted. It was just a tremendous turnaround in his temperament and his mood. It was drastic. It wasn't a gradual healing. It was a sudden, like, wow, he's, you know, back to normal. You know, the evidence really is that my family could tell. You know, I was back to myself. I was feeling better. I was back to, to normal. You know, I felt good. I could be, I could be nice again. <laughs> Well, I'm 15 and growing up, like my whole life, I've had severe food allergies to gluten and dairy. And as a kid, my reactions were a bit different. I'd have rashes all over, I'd be like clawing my skin until I bled. She has had food allergies, uh, dairy and gluten allergies since she was a baby. And when she was a baby, we didn't know what was going on because she was our first baby. You know, we don't know what we're doing. And she just cried all the time and was miserable, never sleeping, just awful. And as she got old enough to communicate, we started realizing like something's really wrong with with her body, like it's not just a fussy baby or a baby that doesn't sleep good. You know, she was up all night for years. She was scratching her skin till her it would bleed. You know, when she was like five or six, I mean, she's just, you know, bleeding on her torso, on her legs, horrible rashes. You know, she shifted as she got older into different symptoms. And, um, you know, we'd spend years sometimes going 100% off of all the allergens. And then we would try to reintroduce things like maybe her gut had, healed by then. You know, we were praying and talking about healing, but also doing things in the natural to kind of heal her gut. And we were never able to reintroduce things successfully. I was allergic to gluten and dairy. So for dairy, that's milk, that's butter, that's cream, that's cream cheese, like it's just dairy in general. You know, I can't eat pizza because of that. I can't eat a cheeseburger, chips, you know, anything with cheese flavoring, you know, anything cooked in butter, anything with milk in it. And then for gluten, that's in like most flours. So cake, donuts, um, crackers and snacks, pasta, pizza, just lots of foods. And even with gluten, that's in a lot of things you wouldn't expect. Like I reacted to taco seasoning because there was stuff in it. And I reacted to toothpaste because there was gluten in it. Even though I don't even swallow that, I was having reactions and it took me, week, took me weeks just to figure out like, oh, there's gluten in my toothpaste. I need to switch it. And there was just everything had to carry an EpiPen, um, always had to order off of a special menu. She could not order the things that, you know, she once liked, that she enjoyed eating. Um, you know, we have to call the waiter over to the table. I mean, you can imagine going to restaurants and you don't have much faith in who you're talking to, um, you know, that they really know the ingredients or whatnot. Um, so we, we got to understand the world of food allergies and, uh, that's not to diminish, you know, the, you know, uh, the, the difficulties that she went through if, you know, she did encounter some of those, um, you know, uh, dairy or gluten, you know, whatever the case might be. So that was extremely difficult for her. I mean, if you can imagine going to camp and having to consider packing all of her food, um, you know, and thankfully we didn't always have to do that. And, you know, thank God many of the camps were accommodating. But, I mean, it was just an everyday thing. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, that's stealing, killing, destroying. I mean, it's, you know, such a drain. And again, it, it, you shouldn't have to live like that, you know. So it was just a constant battle. So she went up for prayer 
uh, with Brian Essery and he, again he was just praying for wholeness in general. I went up there and I got prayed for and it was really interesting because it was a really like generalized thing like I remember he grabbed my head and he was like be whole in Jesus name and then he moved on to the next person but at the same time when he had prayed for me his wife was there and she put her hands on my stomach which with food allergies there were times where I had stomach reactions too at the same time and it was just rough and so for me it kind of triggered like how did she know? Which maybe she didn't, it was just like, she knew something. Within a day or two, her seeing like, wow, Ryan, you know, dad feels better. Like he's, he received, I was standing right beside him. I got the same prayer. It was just one more thing that kind of triggered in her mind. Like, well, if it was happening for him, it's happening for me. And at that point, she didn't know what to do. You know, rolling the dice and trying something new made her uncomfortable and she started picturing stuff. So when we ate dinner as a family, she would start doing kind of heart work on the inside where she would start to like say, what would it be like if I ate what they were eating? We went to an Italian restaurant and my family, you know, they're eating lasagna, they're eating Alfredo, they're eating bread and butter and all this stuff. And it was just like, one day I'm gonna eat that. Like, what if it, what was it like? Like, what would it be like if I was eating this? And I'd picture it in my head, like me, I had my big bowl of pasta, whatever I wanted, and just eating it and it being normal. You know, can I taste yours? Like eating someone else's food just because I could, like my family's food. And, you know, we would get sandwiches and getting a sandwich is like gluten-free bread, no cheese. It has to be prepared in a separate place because you can't have cross-contamination. And so my sandwich was a lot different. And, you know, they'd be eating their sandwiches with whatever they wanted, normal bread, which is a lot different than gluten-free bread, way better, and, like, regular cheese, and it was just simple and easy to order, and we'd be eating those, and again, it's like, what would it be like if I could eat their sandwich? Like, and then I'd picture myself, like, ordering whatever sandwich I wanted, eating it, enjoying it, and just, like, having a normal meal like everyone else does. And then she came to me, you know, and asked me, what should I do? at this point and I said I don't know. I was like you should ask God what you should do. And God just show me what my next step is and then I left it and I kind of didn't think about it. I was just like okay. And then I went to bed and I had a dream that night that I was eating mac and cheese. I had cooked it and I was going to eat it and so then I woke up and I was like okay mom well I had a dream that I was eating mac and cheese and I think I should eat it. And she's like okay go for it. And so that day for lunch I made mac and cheese and I ate it. We had that kind in the fridge. The or in the pantry, a specific kind, like we had the kind that I had in the dream. And so I ate it that day and I enjoyed it. And then I tried some other stuff, but I didn't like go all in. I just tried some other things, we'll see. And then I didn't have any reactions. And so then from then on, I just started eating like normal, like normal people did and I ate more. And I just ate what I wanted, whatever it was, whatever we had, whatever my family was eating, my friends were eating. And then in that first week, I didn't have any major reactions. It was really amazing, but I did have a few minor ones throughout the week. Like one day I ate something and my throat started to feel that feeling that it would feel when it started to like swell up and close. And I spoke to it and it left. And then another time I ate just normal food and I felt like I had like, I had a rash on my leg. And so I was like, oh gosh, okay. But I spoke to it and I was just like, you know, I am healed in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus did this for me. Go. Like, you're, I'm healed. It's already happened. And so then it moved to another place. Like, I was like, okay. Five minutes later, it was in another place. And so then I spoke to it there again. And it went away. And I 
just moved on and it didn't happen again. And now it's been several months since then and I have been just, I eat like a normal person, like all my friends do, like family does. I order what I want at a restaurant and I have had no reactions and it's amazing. Nineteen ninety nine area, my father was diagnosed with a a brain tumor, a glioblastoma, I think is how they pronounce it, and uh, so he had the opportunity to spend his last days in my house in Flagstaff. Um, he passed away on September eleventh of two thousand. Uh, and uh, so that was an interesting scenario to walk through there. Uh, my wife was a nurse, my two daughters were nurses, so he had really good care. So we watched my dad go through that walk with a, with a brain tumor. And somewhere around 2005, I started getting uh, a lot of headaches in the back area of my head, the neck area. Um, and my wife being the nurse said, you need to probably go get that checked. And so in the process of getting that checked, the doctor ordered uh, an MRI uh, for me to look at to see if there was anything that had happened. And when the MRI results came out, uh, the MRI, MRI showed a, uh, that I had a dark spot, a brain tumor. Well, they hadn't diagnosed it, but a dark spot right in the central cortex of my brain. And that led to a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> Obviously more MRI, MRIs, um, CT scans, and finally we ended up at a neurosurgeon's office who received copies of the MRI and stuff. And he looked at it and said, There's, you have one of three things. He said you have either a brain tumor, uh, lymphoma, or MS. And I'm like, well, that was exciting. <laughs> Which one do I sign up for? Um, and I asked him just flat out, based on what you're seeing, what are you thinking it is? He said, where it's at, it's, it's a brain tumor. And I said, okay, so how long do I have? Because I had just gone through this with my father. And he said, probably no more than five years. So that kind of started a whirlwind of thinking processes. And we were pastors at our church, music, so I love music. I knew healing songs that were out there. Uh, prayer, I had people that believed in prayer, um, all of that. And the doctor started me on some real strong uh, steroids, which uh, just wrecked my body. Kept me up really late woke me up really early and so we processed through there and you know after hearing the doctor say to us you know you know you've got roughly five years go go live your life as best as you can and we kept doing MRI follows up and stuff and the uh, about a year later two years later we the doctor started coming back and he says I don't understand this but the tumor is shrinking in the meantime, we had uh, gone down to the Mayo Clinic uh, down in Phoenix, uh, where a lot of the uh, specialists are. And we had a specialist that some friends of ours had worked with in the past. And he was a Christian brother. And uh, he came in, and they did their MRIs there. And he says, well, it's definitely, uh, you've got something there. And 
He said, but I just don't feel that we're supposed to take it out right now. And this is coming from the surgeon. And he said, there's just something in me saying, leave it alone, just leave it alone, leave it alone. And of course, his assistants, uh, let's schedule them, let's schedule them, let's schedule them, because that's how they make their money. And, and he said, I don't feel like we're supposed to do anything right now. So let's wait on it. Let's check back in three months. So three months came and went, and they went in and they did uh, some more MRIs, and it was still there, but hadn't really changed a lot. And eventually I went home, and I woke up one morning, uh, probably about 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, nobody's up in the house. And I went out into the living room, and I turned on some uh, praise and worship music. And one of the things I turned on was uh, Terry McAlman's Heal Me song. And I just remember that song playing. And I called out to the Lord. I said, God, if you would just heal me. I just... Just touch it, Lord. And just, just like we're talking right now, uh, the Lord verbally just came out and said, I already have. Amen. And I remember, it was so audible, I remember looking around the room, going, who's up with me? And I said, what? And the voice spoke, this is Jesus. I already have. And it was just like, Okay, God. And I still questioned him. All right, you say you're Jesus. You gotta say your name because I know the I know the enemy can't say the name of Jesus without, you know, and, and again he said, This is Jesus, and I already have. And I said, Okay, I believe that. I believe that hundred percent, Lord. So I was getting monthly MRIs. Went to the doctor, they did the MRI with the contrast, and they pulled it up, and they looked at it. And they asked me, what are you here for? <laughs> well, I've, all the other MRIs, you have them on record, all the other MRIs show that I've got a brain tumor. And they're saying, there's nothing here. There's absolutely nothing here on this MRI at all. And I just... And I told the story, and I shared with the doctor that, that night, that morning, that morning encounter with Jesus, and the day that he came in and said, I already have. And since that day, there's been a few other trials in my life. You know, all of us, you know, the Word says we're going to have that. And, uh, but all, I just, so much rest, so much rest in those words that Jesus came and spoke into my life that said, I already have. And uh, even today, which I've shared with some of our groups here, even today, and this has been, what, almost 20 years now, the Lord is still revealing himself in miracle-working power in my life with a really rare disease called MMP that he sent me to a really godly doctor, and we just wiped that out, uh, really rare cases of that. and. Uh, the other night, I was probably about three months ago now, I was just really sitting there sharing and thinking about Christ and his crucifixion. And I heard these words, which one of those 39 stripes carried my healing? Which one of those thorns on his head brought my salvation? Which drop of blood that hit the ground 
changed my life. If you want to know this song, just join us with us, okay? Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. You know, um, we are going to talk a little bit about giving because at this place, I just want to encourage you as usual. Thank you for participating with Lake Haven and what God has called us to do. I, I love the fact that Karen and I have been here, but we're here simply because God has called us here. You know, we're not the best pastors. We're not the most qualified, certainly. But we're here because we're called, and we know we're called here for a purpose. And Lake Haven has a, a purpose. You have a purpose. You're not here to support our vision. You're here because God has placed you here as part of this vision. And there's a big difference. You have a calling. You have to, you find a place within a body, each joint supplies. But thank you for, for participating. Thank you for, um, as God leads you, we've got projects that are coming up that we want to just ask you at this time and season to pray about those. You know, part of our thanksgiving to God is, is the first fruits. In fact, that's one of the first, the, one, of the, one of the feasts of the beginning of harvest was first fruits. Because God always asked that we would dedicate the harvest to Him. He didn't say, wait until the end of the harvest, see what you've got, 
and check it out. No, there is a gift of faith. There is a faith, sorry, of, of saying, Lord, I am anticipating in the beginning of the harvest, the first goes to you. And when you honor God with your first fruits, this is not a legalistic thing. This is how it works. It's putting God first in your life. God preeminently in your life. It's declaring Him. And there is no better way. Sometimes money has become a big issue in our lives. It may not be to you. Maybe time is a bigger issue to you. But I'm telling you, first fruits is a thing. Giving God first fruits, putting Him first. Watch what God does in your life when you put Him first. Just make Him first. It's, I'm not trying to manipulate an offering. If you don't want to give to the church, don't, please, please. But I want to, I want to ask you, put him first. Just put him first. Amen. And thank you for all the support that you do give Lake Haven Church. When you do give your tithes, when you give your first fruits, when you give offerings that the Lord puts on your heart. If you, we've had generous, such generous people. I mean, we've got, you know, we've had people volunteer to help with Brian Essary's crusade. We've got people that have given generously to the youth trip when we send them to Pennsylvania to give for bus trips. We're going to do a big building project here. It's going to cost $200,000 to change this building to make room for our youth. So that's what I, I call that paid for in Jesus' name. You know, and so, and, and there's no manipulation here with Lake Haven, but I just want to say thank you. So give the normal way. You've got offering envelopes if you want to, on the boxes, on the walls, on the way out, just give, or online, or send, mail a check into our PO box number as usual. But, but thank you for giving intentionally where God leads you and not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Let's watch this one short last little video and then we've got something special. We get to Florida and we are, um, what are we doing? Changing everything. Every part of what our life was, everything was up kind of for negotiation except for our faith. But everything else went out with the bathwater. And um, we were here for about a year and we started a co-op and we met a friend and our girls just immediately kicked it off. So I would just touch base with her about classes or lizards or whatever they're talking about. And every conversation she would turn it to my church. My church, did you know that our God is good? Did you know that he doesn't do he does when there's bad things in our life that's not God and I just said okay okay all right do you know that he heals us do you, it was every conversation it was these little seeds and I said why does she keep talking to me about this <laughs> and so I'm, pretty clear it yeah. was very every, I mean <laughs> she came it was last year there was a, a sermon I guess we weren't here yet we weren't attending pastor Shannon did communion as a different way and everyone had stew and there was a big potluck apparently of stew and communion and they came over to our house after that service to play and she sat on my couch in my living room and talked about the church and healing and everything for about an hour and a half maybe longer and we're okay 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 but simultaneously inside we were probably at one of the lowest points in our life um financially, relationally, just everything was kind of crumbling, but we didn't look, well, I think we didn't look like it, but probably people could see that we were at a low. Um, so 
we didn't know what we were going to do because earlier, just before that, in April of that year, um, we knew Patrick would lose his job just given the circumstances of the world and decisions that we were not unwilling to make. Um, we knew that we were going to have to let that go. And uh, God pushed us in that direction a little bit faster than we were prepared. So, yeah, so I uh, left that job and uh, we started a business. And um, yeah, just the, I think we had a, a sense of like what we were going to do. And we also had a sense of what the timing might look like. And um, the, the timing was different than that. Um, so I think the, I guess the point is we, after uh, hearing about Lake Haven so many times, um, and I think, feel like I need like uh, a lot of, I, I need to hear something more than once sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so we uh, decided to um, check it out. And um, so we came, uh, yeah, exactly a year ago, like right before Thanksgiving. And um, uh, it was great. And it was, um, I think, really new to both of us, like coming from different um, kind of church backgrounds growing up Catholic and going to Catholic school, I felt like I was always in the, um, just hearing the word, but not actually around it so much. But um, and at the same time, I thought, why would people go to church on Wednesday nights? Aren't they busy? Like I grew up in the busy culture. You have to be busy. You have to be working. Can't be just busy, but not with church necessarily, just busy doing so who has time for that it was kind of my attitude. And now when things are getting really hard on Wednesday nights and we're like, this is too much, that's when we double down even harder to get everybody fed and in the car and go to church. Like that is the priority now. Now it is that we make it kind of and spiritually Sunday to Wednesday to Sunday to Wednesday. Like that's where we're, kind of, you know, Right now we're being fed, but hopefully soon that will flip a little bit to where we're able to be a blessing and and be there to feed other people. I will tell you just by sharing that story, Kate and Patrick, you are. You know, when we share our testimonies, we impact people. And some people that Shannon and I may never reach, you may reach. Yes. I, wanna, I wanted to make a very important, emphatic point. I have a list of people. And I'm going to ask, as I read this list of people, I'd like you to raise your hand if you are one of these people. Because we want to express, as a body, gratitude for you. If you are involved in the maintenance or repair of these facilities, anything at the church, I want you to just raise your hand. Come on, Steve, you're one of them. Linda, Iona, any repairs? Dave, climbing under the stage counts as those. Gardening and yard work, raise your hand. Tree trimming, oh, I don't see everybody here, but 
If you are a painter and paint at the church, I want you to raise your hand. If you've ever painted here at the church, come on, raise your hand. If you have ever done any cleaning at the church, raise your hand. If you've ever done any organization of storage, if you've ever done any building or remodeling, raise your hand. If you've ever helped us reset the chairs after an event, raise the hands. If you've ever helped stuff seat back pockets with pens and envelopes and cards, raise your hands. If you've ever emptied the trash, raise your hands. If you've ever purchased something for the church, gone on shopping trips for the church, if you have ever helped fit crew printing, sorting, mailing, addressing envelopes, if you have ever served in the children's building, well, thank you, and all the people who are currently serving in the children's building, thank you, if you have ever served in the nursery, in kids' church, in preschool, if you've ever served with the youth, if you've ever gone on a trip and been a chaperone, if you've ever been an usher at the church, raise your hand. If you're helping with security, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Secret service. If you're a greeter, raise your hand. If you work in the cafe, raise your hand. If you work at the info booth, raise your hand. If you help with counting the offering, sometimes, raise your hand. If you help with check-in in the kids' building, raise your hand. If you help with the worship, if you are a worshiper, raise your hand. Well, yeah, okay. If you're a band member, raise your hand. <laughs> if you're a musician, a vocalist, raise your hand. If you are a projection tech, raise your hand. An audio tech, a lighting tech, raise your hand. If you work with the camera department, if you are an, a director, an assistant director, raise your hand. If you're a cameraman or woman, raise your hand. Where are they? Are they all serving elsewhere? We got, listen, we got great camera people. If you are a, a photographer, if you've done photography for us, raise your hand. If you're a videographer, raise your hand. If you're a social media follower, raise your hand. If you're a social media follow, uh, sharer, raise your hand. If you're a mission team leader, raise your hand. If you're a mission team member, raise your hand. If you're a mission team sender, raise your hand. If you are a volunteer scheduler, raise your hand. If you are a life group leader, raise your hand. If you're a life group attender, raise your hand. If you help with special events, raise your hand. If you are one of the team that organizes baked goods distribution, raise your hand. That's the bread people. If you didn't know, you need to stop by there. If you go and pray for people at the hospital or visit people who need care before they have a baby, after they have a baby, before a loved one passes away or after a loved one passes away, or after they come back from the hospital, raise your hand. If you're a board member at the church, raise your hand. And if you're a staff member at the church, raise your hand. <laughs> you know, there are many things that happen at this church building every single week. 
On average, we've got 50 roles every single week that happen to make church happen. And the truth of the matter is, God has got something unique to you, specifically to you, that will drive you. It will make you want to get up and go. Just like Shannon said earlier, you don't give under compulsion at Lake Haven. And we don't ask people to serve under compulsion. But I want to invite you, if there's something that you're like, well, I'm not doing any of those things, then come and talk to us and let's find something that does fit you. You are invited to be a part of this church because this church is thriving and it is making a difference in our community. And I want to tell you, you look around right now, we've got every age group in this building. And I believe that we are creating a legacy that we can hand to the next generation. I am so excited. T, won't you come up here? T has been leading our youth for the last couple of years. This man's heart, this man's heart, you will see through the kids that he has reached. Amen. Praise God. We love our youth. Amen. I'm talking about you all also. <laughs> yes, for supporting our kids. Um, we have amazing things that's happening with our youth. I'm going to ask them to come out now, the ones that are getting ready to bless you right now with some awesome worship. So I'm going to ask those guys and girls to come out. Give them a good God bless. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now listen, y'all, this is the beginning this is the beginning of our youth worship slash band slash get down with it for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so I was in my office the other day recently, and they were in here, and I didn't know they were going to be practicing. And, um, man, I just had chills and worship and thanks to God because they sound so beautiful. And, and so we're going to support them, but I just want to give them a big shout out. As I said, this is the beginning. In other words, there's going to be uh, openings in the future for audition, but this is the beginning of something big. And so I'm just going to give them a shout out. Praise the Lord. We have Annie Dunaway on the keys. Yeah, 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 and we have Lily up here on the vocals, Danielle, Gabby, Ollie in the back, Isaac, my man Malachi on the guitar. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we got you serving all the way around on the cameras and everything also. But this little young man, I came out to see who's in the world playing the drums. Because all I saw was some little hands like an octopus just moving around in the back. But uh, it's Haven Snow back here in the back on the drums. So we're going to give them a good God bless. We're going to support them because they're going to just bless you right now. And thank God for you guys for all your hard work. Ethan right there on the camera. Amen. Praise the Lord. We got youth helping out everywhere. So you guys go for it. Do your thing for Jesus. Amen. We just welcome you guys to stand up and worship with us.
Yeah. We can give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. And we're going to give these awesome youth a good God bless for allowing Jesus to flow through them. Hey, man, won't you come on out, man, so folks can see who's on those drums. Come on out in the front here, Haven. You guys are amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. And I just want to let you know that there are youth that you do not see serving in the cafe or in the children's building, in the media, uh, ushering and doing a whole bunch of things that are around the church here. But uh, this little man here, that's who was playing the drums. <laughs> He's just a little bit bigger than the drum set itself. So. But it's awesome. There's a bright future here, y'all. There's a lot that's going on. And, 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 and there's great things that's happening. So give him another good God bless. Amen. Also, listen, uh, we're, we're closing out here, the service. But listen, if we have amazing, as we always say, prayer ministers, uh, no matter what you need prayer for, especially, you know, you need the Lord Jesus. If you're not born again, you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's what's most important. And it's not just for your life in heaven. It's for life down here on earth also. He wants you to live a life that's full of him, but that starts with a relationship with him. And even those that are watching online, you can, te you can uh, text the word prayer to the number that's on your screen to, to, sit, uh, to receive prayer also. But do not leave this building without receiving prayer for whatever you have need of. Come up front and uh, allow your life to be changed from this day forward. Amen? And uh, I talk with Manny, so there's no, um, I'm sorry, there's no uh, excuse for none of us, whether you're paying by cash or, 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 or your credit card or debit card, there, you can buy some food out here. Amen. And support these guys. And uh, so we want to. We want to. Y'all just save me some, some ribs because I'm be out there and get me some ribs. Amen. And we're going to have a good time with food and fellowship. Uh, there's going to be uh, healing you again this evening at 5 p.m. So don't not, do not forget about that. So you go home and take a nap after eating some really good food. And uh, also the cafe will be open to sit down after you purchase your food and go and have a good time in the cafe, fellowship and eat in there. And then I'm, I won't know if Pastor Shannon wanted to come up. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you, Pastor Shannon. Uh, the cafe is open once again, open for you to sit down and eat once you purchase your food. Uh, and also no uh, service on Wednesday, overflow on Wednesday or youth service this coming Wednesday. Like I told the youth last Wednesday, you can show up.